You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. And I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. You know it's Mock Draft Monday, and our Mock Draft Monday today is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. A lot has happened since we have last spoken, and it is mostly other teams doing stuff. (laughs) And that, of course has led to a lot of questions about Green Bay's strategy and what's going on and what they're doing. Some of the big-name receivers that that some thought Green Bay would be in on uh, have been signed by other teams. Curtis Samuel goes to Washington on a multi-year deal. Will Fuller signs a one-year deal to go down to Miami and play with the Dolphins. Uh, and, and then in the secondary market, Xavier Rhodes is going back to Indy. Uh, We saw Kyle Fuller get released by Chicago and immediately go to Denver. I mean, like within an hour of the report that he was released, he's in Denver. Remember, Denver was the favorite before we even knew for sure he was being released. It seemed like Chicago was trying to get cute with it and, and get some compensation if they could. And then they forgot that they had already leaked that they planned to cut him. And everyone was like, we know you're going to do this. So why would we give you anything to make it happen? That is narrowing the pool of players available to the Green Bay Packers. Now, there are still starters out there. Richard Sherman is still unsigned. Adoree Jackson is still unsigned. We found out over the weekend that Steven Nelson in Pittsburgh has received permission to seek a trade. He is someone that could interest Green Bay if they're willing to part ways with draft picks to add. And Stephon Gilmore, we we think, is available in a trade. He may not be healthy coming back from that quad injury. Not sure what the situation is there. And then there are some secondary pieces, guys who, you know, we we don't know what their status is in terms of how much they have left in the tank. You know, what does Casey Hayward have left? You know, he's not old by any means, but his play certainly fell off last year. Is he someone that Green Bay could consider? And, When you look at this roster, you know, there have been a lot of Packer fans who are going to say, oh, well, they're just going to bring Kevin King back and they're going to run it back and it's going to be the thing. I, I just don't believe that to be the case. It's just not how Brian Gutekunst operates. So what I want to really emphasize here is some patience. Green Bay didn't have the money or at least the easy access to money that some of these other teams did in terms of throwing around free agent deals. Seems like Xavier Rhodes 
wanted to stay in Indy and and goes back. I thought that was something that Green Bay could do on the relative cheap. But Brian Gutekunst has over and over and over attacked need positions in free agency. This is not your slightly older brother's Green Bay Packers team. This is not Ted Thompson. We're not doing anything in free agency. Even with the cap constraints that Green Bay has, and they were able to get under the cap with a slew of restructures. And by the way, all of these moves are aimed at trying to win in 2021 uh, and kicking the can into 2022 when Green Bay is still going to have pretty significant cap constraints before the cap explodes in 2023 and beyond a new rights deal essentially doubles what the NFL is getting paid for its rights right now. And and so maybe they can smooth some things out in 2022. We'll see on that. We have talked on this show a a, a million times, it seems, about Brian Gutekind's different approach to free agency. Even last year when he didn't make a splash, he went out and signed Christian Kirksey, who was... Presumed to be the starter before he got hurt. Rick Wagner, who was competing for a starting job. And Devin Funches, who we have no idea where he was going to supposed to be on the hierarchy because he opted out. But presumably he was going to fight for meaningful snaps on this team. By the way, Funches is coming back. Just trying to make the roster at this point, but he's coming back. It's, it's not always going to be like 2019. It can't be. Just from a financial perspective, it can't be. If if your guys are worth keeping, you can't consistently year in and year out sign a bunch of dudes unless you just can't draft worth a damn. And Green Bay can. They had to pay, or at least they felt they had to pay, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is a really good player. They had to pay David Bakhtiari because he's one of the best left tackles in football. They had to pay Kenny Clark because he's one of the best interior defenders in football. They had to pay Aaron Rodgers because he's playing at a really high level. This is a team that has to take care of their own players because their own players are really good. And the guys that they draft are worth extending. So that's the starting point in all of this. When you look at outside guys, there are still players out there worth getting. Green Bay has to find that marriage of fit, need, and cost. But Brian Gutekunst has been aggressive every year he's been the GM in adding talent to need positions. Green Bay, write this down. In ink, tweet it out and at Cold Takes Exposed, whatever you want to do. Green Bay is going to sign a cornerback before the draft or at some point before the season opens. They're going to sign someone, a real player, to compete for a starting job. And maybe it's Kevin King. You know, my buddy Jake Morley over at Packer Report half joked and maybe like 30% joked that that guy is going to be Kevin King. I don't think it's going to be Kevin King, but he was a starter, a starter for multiple seasons with green Bay. They thought he was good enough to start him. Now I don't, I think that's advisable, 
I don't think if if they thought he was the guy that they would have just let him hit the open market. But if you can get him back super cheap, I guess. I mean, I guess. I, I, I guess. I'm not going to talk myself into it by any means. I don't think it's the right move. There are these other guys out there. And and based on, on the numbers that are, are being given to these corners, I mean, William Jackson got a nice number. But Xavier Rhodes got a one-year, $6.5 million deal. You know, when Richard Sherman signed in San Francisco a couple years ago, he got a little over $9 million APY. I think Green Bay could get him for that number or less now. Adoree Jackson, what is he going to get? Probably a one-year prove-it deal. I mean, it's not like we've heard reports that there are 16 teams and out of Dory Jackson. He's coming off a year in which he struggled, had injuries. He was legit good in 2019 and showed plenty of promise the few years before that that he was out there. He's a very talented, very physically gifted corner that I could see Green Bay talking themselves into. And if he's your if he's your CB2, he's not a, he's not a first corner, but if he's your CB2, you're in good shape. You really are in good shape. And so while the numbers of of players available to Green Bay are dwindling, there are still guys out there and and they were reported to be into the defensive line market. Someone like Dalvin Tomlinson, I mean, to pay Dalvin Tomlinson two years 22, which Minnesota did, when you already have a nose tackle who doesn't rush the passer in Michael Pierce, who didn't play last year, why? Why? What is the what is the value add there? I mean, how much better does that make your team? I'm not worried about Green Bay not making those kinds of signings because I just don't think those kinds of signings move the needle. I know Tomlinson was a popular name with a lot of Packer fans because they know him. He played at Alabama and that's it. I don't know. I mean, he's a fine player. He's a, he's a, a solid player. But two years, 20, no, thank you. No, thank you. If you want to sign a defensive lineman, it's got to be like what Danny Shelton got with with Detroit. You know, you four or five million dollars for someone like that. Now, we also have to get into the part of this that includes Aaron Rodgers because the, the third year of the league year came and went and he did not get restructured. Now, that doesn't mean... And this is important. That doesn't mean that they paid that bonus. They can mutually agree to push that timeline back and say, okay, this bonus is going to come later so that something can be restructured. It is possible. And and by the way, I think that's weird. I think it's weird that we haven't heard that Green Bay paid that bonus. I think it's weird. And, And not weird in like a, you know, uh, uh, you know, something's wrong kind of way, but weird in like a, that tells me there's something going on because if you're the Packers and you paid the bonus and you're fine paying the bonus, wouldn't you have just said, you know, wouldn't you, when a reporter asks, when Tom Pelissero asks, when Rob Domovsky asks, wouldn't you just say, yeah, we paid him. We think he's a valuable part of our team. Or are they trying to figure out some sort of extension? There have just been a lot of conjecture on what has happened. And you just sort of, oh, apparently the Packers, I mean, that was literally a headline uh, in the Journal Sentinel. Packers apparently pass on chance to lower cap number by converting Aaron Rodgers' roster bonus. Apparently. We don't know. We don't know for sure. And and that's almost $7 million. 
that Green Bay could push out. And there's still a bunch of money in base salary that Green Bay could push out. Is it crazy to think that they could be negotiating some sort of extension that would push all that money out? And he's saying, hey, look, rather than turning all this money into base, let's not do that. Pay me my roster bonus and let's work out an extension and we'll go from there. I mean, isn't that a reasonable thing for Rodgers to want? Isn't that a reasonable thing for Green Bay to say, yeah, given the way that you played last year, we can do that? And these things often tend to come out of nowhere with the Packers. There's always a lot of reporting. Oh, the Packers want this. The Packers think this. Remember, the first the first reports last draft season about who the Packers really wanted at the end of the first round was Denzel Mims. Not only did Green Bay not take Denzel Mims, they could have traded up in the second round like three spots to get Denzel Mims. And it it comes comes out after the draft. Yeah, they didn't they didn't actually think he was that good. And so it's like, okay, well then where did that report come from? Well, not the Packers is the answer. A lot of stuff happens with Green Bay where you go, oh, that's interesting. We didn't really hear about that until after the fact or until it happened. So the fact that there is nothing happening right now with Green Bay strikes me as reason to believe there is something happening with Green Bay. Now, whether that's a signing, whether that's a Rodgers extension, I don't know. But I do know that they're not sitting on their hands, as has been the accusation. I don't think they're just content to say, yeah, this is the team. They know that Rodgers' contract is the big way to clear space. And if they can find some guys worth doing it, they will do it. And I think they'll do it anyway because they have to do it anyway. I mean, they have to do it anyway. They still have to clear something like $10 million to sign their draft class and still have money during the season. The only real way they can do that is with Aaron Rodgers' contract. So maybe they're just trying to figure out, okay, how much more do they need to do? I don't know. I'm just saying don't assume because nothing has happened that nothing will happen in free agency. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet online bet online is the easiest and fastest way to bet on all your sports action march madness in full swing it is crazy the number one seed illinois goes down they go so a lot to bet on right now and if and if you know you're not a basketball person let's say or you're not a a hockey person they also have Awards, TV shows, reality TV bets, prop bets, all kinds of great stuff for you to get in on. So go to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. You put money in and use that promo code. They will match that first deposit up to 50%. Locked On is the promo code at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Get all the sports you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. I am hosting it as we update you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. So it is Mock Draft Monday. And as such, I thought we would have a little bit of fun. I just spent the last... What does the clock say? 15 minutes (laughs) talking about how the Packers are going to sign a cornerback. 
And by the way, I think the Green Bay Packers are absolutely going to sign a quarterback. But let's just say, let's just say they don't. Let's just say um, they decide or they realize or or whatever happens that, hey, look, um, it's just going to be too tough because the prices have gotten out of control. So what could that draft look like? Could there be a reprise of the 2018 draft, for example? And so I've been using the, the draft network. Um, interface, the mock draft uh, interface there. It's, it's I think, the most common one, at least among people that send me their, their picks. I thought, okay, let me mix it up a little bit because the player rankings there are not going to be the player rankings in the NFL for sure. Um, we just don't know. There's so many teams that have so many different ideas. So let me use Pro Football Focus just to change it up a little bit. And I, I kind of love this draft. I kind of love this draft. So I got J.C. Horn at 29. Now we're going to have our, um, our our conversation this week. Eric Crocker, who's a former defensive back who's been on this show before, is going to talk about the, the corners in this draft. We're going to do our full offseason report card on corners uh, at some point. Um, and we probably should have been able to do that before um, the the free agency opened, but we just didn't have time to get to it. Regardless, we can talk about the corners in this draft. J.C. Horn, to me, to me, is the best corner in the draft. And I know Caleb Farley and Patrick Sertan and all the other guys that are going to be in the first round. Horn is my dude. And by the way, uh, Eric Crocker agrees. Eric Crocker loves J.C. Horn. This is an alpha a guy who wants to win every single rep. He will come up and stick you as a tackler. He makes plays on the ball and he just, he wants to destroy you. He, his play against Auburn and Seth Williams is going to be an NFL player. He's going to be a top 150 pick, you know, probably going to go on day three, but still is a good NFL or a good NFL prospect. He made Horn made Seth Williams quit. Horn made Auburn his child. He is now Auburn's father. It is the most dominant cornerback tape in this class this year. And I just, I love what he could potentially bring for Green Bay. So at 62, this is a player I mentioned on Twitter that I think could be very much in play at 29 if the draft comes and, and falls a certain way. And it's Afatu Milifanwu. And we talked about him with Eric Edholm a couple of weeks ago. And I know that he's a guy that that a lot of Packer fans probably don't know. Syracuse was terrible last year, but Melifonwu and Tro Williams and Andre Sisco, the three DBs that are in this draft class, are all awesome. And to me, Efatu is the dude. He's 6'3, 214. And he ran low four fours at his pro day jumped 41 and a half inches and broad jumped 11 2. the guy is an unbelievable athlete a top one percent type guy special special athlete and tackles tackles like a safety which is why some people want to make him a safety now is there some hip stiffness sure but as a zone corner that's a little less important to me because he's not going to have to go all over the field and I think he is such a good fit in this defense, in this match zone principle defense. He can tackle. 
he can cover, and he competes. He competes. I want competitors. Horn and Melifanwu are competitors. Give me those guys. In the third round, I got Ben Cleveland from Georgia. He tested outstanding at his pro day. He is an interior offensive lineman, which would normally be anathema to the Packers front office. But Brian Gutekinds has shown a willingness to go there. And if you think Elton Jenkins could be someone who could eventually slide out and play right tackle. You know, Lane Taylor is a free agent. We thought there could be a chance he could come back. It seems like that is not going to happen. You feel pretty good about Lucas Patrick, John Runyon Jr., and Alan Jenkins along the interior with the tackles that Green Bay has. But David Bakhtiari is not going to be healthy to open the season. Billy Turner is probably not going to be the long-term guy here. He's signed through 2022 and is going to be the the, the right tackle of the, of the near term through 2022. But... You can always use a player with athletic gifts that that Ben Cleveland has. And he is someone who's played in these big games, played in the SEC, faced these interior rushers, you know, seen Derek Brown, who is a top 10 pick. He's seen those guys. And I think he is the kind of player that Green Bay could say, okay, Lucas Patrick, it's been great, um, but we've upgraded. Better, better athlete, stronger punch, better pass protector, and is a is a long term piece for this offense. And you put Cleveland and JRJ and Jenkins inside, and you've got your long term future. I lo- I love that pick. In the fourth round, this is my favorite fourth round that I put together on on any of these. Amari Rogers at one thirty five, and we don't we really don't know where Rogers is going to go. Um, I, th- I think he's a little bit of a tough projection for for some teams. Is he a slot? Is he a running back? Where do you want to put him? Um, I, I think that's a real question. But for Green Bay, he's a weapon. You put him wherever you want. Put him wherever you want. And he can line up in the slot. He can line up in the backfield. You can let him return kicks if you want. He's someone who is just a different type of player than Green Bay currently has. And those are the kinds of guys that I think you always have to be looking for. Okay, what do we have? What can we add? How can we diversify the skill sets of our playmakers? I love Rodgers in this spot. And then the other guy I got in the fourth, and this is a name you absolutely need to keep an eye on, Brady Christensen from BYU. He is a peak Packers type. He is so Packers typey, it's not even funny. And he's a tackle who could play guard. He could play tackle. I love the versatility. Green Bay loves to, to pick tackles to play guard. Um, they almost exclusively did that under Ted Thompson. He is someone that I think would be a really fun player in this offense. Perfect outside zone kind of guy, good movement skills and, and played at BYU, um, that, that runs an offense that is similar enough to green Bay that I think he could transition early to help the Packers if they needed him to, to me, it's a draft that addresses, you know, obviously the, the biggest needs corner, you go one, two, like they did in 2018. But then you go heavy on the places where this offense could use some depth. You get offensive line, you get a receiver who, who you think could play right away. And I think either Cleveland or Christensen, if they needed to play in 2021, they could do it just because of their talent and, and the skills that, that I think will translate in this offense. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. And you know what we're doing by now. 
There is this Built Bar bracket challenge going on. Today we've got Coconut versus Birthday Cake. This is a no-doubter. Birthday Cake is the winner. I love all the coconut stuff that they do. Built Bar is is killing it with the coconut, um, but the birthday cake is next level, and and they have elevated their game. Some of the some of the names left in here. I mean, you've got coconut coconut puff, you've got chocolate chip cookie chunk, you've got churro puff. I mean, some of these these flavors are just they've really outdone themselves with them. So go let your voice be heard. A lot of fun with this whole bracket challenge. You go to their website builtbar.com or bar underscore built on Twitter and let us know what you think. Plus, when you use the promo code LOCK15, you get 15% off. You guys, they had to change the promo because you were buying so many Built Bars. And I hear from everyone, oh, these things are great. Now it's 15%. LOCKED15 gets you 15% off at builtbar.com. One thing I just want to mention before we finish up is I might be the, the last remaining Josh Jackson defender but I was such a fan of him pre-draft, and I know that that the idea is he's probably a zone-only corner. But I, I do wonder how much Josh Jackson is playing into the plans in free agency. Remember last year, Green Bay said outright, hey, we didn't think that the, the, the receivers that were available to them, you know, let's say on day three mostly, we're going to be better than the guys that they had in-house. But they also, I mean, I think they issued it in the third round as well. And really, you know, after the after the top 50, I think they felt like, hey, look, I don't, we don't think any of these guys are really that different than the guys that are already in-house. Maybe they still feel that way. Maybe they don't. We'll see. But I wonder if they view this and say, look, Josh Jackson is a zone-only corner. We're going to play 80% zone this year. And he's probably a boundary-only only corner. That's where the team really needs someone. And we can get his slot. You know, you, you could take Elijah Molden in the first round. You could take Trevin Merrig from TCU in the first. He can play some slot. He can play safety, a little bit of everywhere. That right now is one of my favorite first-round options. Green Bay, I think, could be looking at this going, okay, if we sign someone, he has to definitely be better than Josh Jackson. I still think Josh Jackson can be a good NFL player. We're just we're just really wondering how much more upside he has. I thought he played at least as well as Kevin King last year. I've said on this podcast many times I thought he outplayed Kevin King in the games that he was in there. He needs reps. I think he needs an opportunity. I would love to give him an opportunity to go win this starting job and and throw in some rookies too. So if you don't think you're the 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 guy that you're signing, I mean, don't just go out and sign someone to sign him. I mean, I don't know how much someone like Desmond Trufant really moves the needle. You know, you can go out and get Richard Sherman or Adoree Jackson. Those guys move the needle, and and those are the kinds of players that I think Green Bay is looking at. Otherwise, they're going to roll with Josh Jackson and whatever they can get in the draft. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Logs on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. 